Show was shitty for Dorn. Book, great for Dorn. I know you don't have to write in to ask that question now, but you could write in for other things, and you should. I'm done now. of Brotherhood Without Manners, a full spoiler reread podcast where we are reading George R.R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones and later on the rest of the Song of Ice and Fire series. I am Nate and joining me as always, my brother, this guy. Bazinga! Oh man. Bazinga. Bazinga. You've never said Bazinga before in your life. Never before in my life. That's weird. I hate it. That's the... I, I want to redo. I hate that you said it. I want a mulligan. No. Not today. So today we we're reading two chapters again. Papa, uh, Danny, Mush-mash. Danny two over in Pentos. Pentos, and then following that up immediately with Ned two. Lord Stark, yes, his second chapter. Wonderful. So before we get into everything, once again, we are sponsored this week by Game of Thrones wines, which is. Fucking sweet. We're currently enjoying their Chardonnay, which we just opened earlier today. It is a 2016, and it is delicious. That's a good year. Um, it's a good year. Very light and airy. Uh, very not too sweet at all. I'm not a big fan of the, the too sweet wine. This one actually is perfectly in the middle between the alcoholic taste and just the wine sweetness. So I really enjoy that. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you like wines, if you're looking for something for your trip, your new season, season eight, you know, to, to enjoy the bot, the bottles are really cool too, as well as a display piece or, or anything like that. They just have really intricate. And they're not all that expensive. They're 20, 20 bucks a bottle. Yeah. 20 bucks a bottle. Uh, this one, the Chardonnay is actually 1999. It's even less than the, the Pinot Noir. Uh, they're made by the vintage wine estates, which again, is the Game of Thrones wines pairing company. So check them out. Get yourself a bottle or two. They're they're available pretty much everywhere. They're delicious. All right. So anything, last last episode we we talked about the trailer a little bit. Yeah. Um, Anything new since then? I mean, just my weird crackpots of me analyzing the trailer, but nothing confirmed as far as I know. I'm sure, I've heard that there's leaks and shit, but I tend to steer away from that. I try to avoid any of the subreddits that tend to allow leaked, uh, like, especially media stuff, you know, casting stuff, set locations, set dressings. I just don't want to know all that stuff. It feels too meta. Like, a trailer, sure, a trailer is, you know, kind a of meant. Of it's, what's yeah, to come. it's meant to tease us. It's meant to be a wet your whistle for what's to come but, but like yeah the, the the leaks are they're a bit much for me i mean i definitely enjoy well especially those. last season i got fucking spoiled because of a leak with viserion's death with him getting turned by the night king into the 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 night dragon i guess i don't know but i i, I got that spoiled for me and that like that was actually one of the bigger moments i would have rather not because that's a really significant moment danny losing one of her dragons so as much as I still enjoyed watching it, being spoiled on it really sucked. So I don't want to be spoiled on any good goddamn thing for this last season. So yeah, yeah, trying to avoid sort of the interwebs now that we're getting into the last couple of weeks here before before it, it starts. Airs. Yeah, 
or like three, three and a half weeks. No, we're a little over a month. Yeah, yeah a little over so, a month. But oh, just a little over a month. Yeah, so that's gonna be that's gonna be sweet. And then no, nothing new from Martin. So mm. no, no wins released. Which I'm yet. at this point, I'm taking no news is good news. You know. No, yeah. From what I've heard, he's hunkering down. He's from what I've heard. He yeah. He turned. I guess he turned down a cameo scene in this last season. Yeah, that's what exactly. Yeah. Winds of Winter, which I mean. I don't really count that as casting. I just think that's kind of neat that he's, you know, he was offered one as a sign of respect, I'm sure. This is yeah, his and the fact series. that he turned it down because he's clearly got more important things. Yeah, than he wants to focus on in the books. So, yeah. yeah, speaking of the books, last week we were joined with John and Tyrion when uh, Winterfell was kind of in the midst of everybody leaving. Tyrion had a delightful breakfast with his siblings and nephew and niece. While John was on the other side of the keep, uh, saying his goodbyes, saying peace, and uh, he had an interesting interaction with Catelyn and Bran, and then he went and gave Arya her sword, which we all know and love as Needle. Today we are picking up with we're heading back across the narrow sea, way across the and, narrow uh, sea. Dan Daenerys Targaryen, she's out there. Uh, it's her wedding day. Like she's. They've clearly, he, Martin's jumped ahead a little bit, and not that I think it took too long to get everything where it's going, um, but yeah, she she woke up with with just dread. She's scared. Yeah, it's a, uh, the opening line is, it sets us the stage quite nicely for this wedding. It says, Danny wed Cal Drogo with fear and barbaric splendor in a field beyond the walls of Pentos. So yeah, there you know, we haven't moved far with Danny at all. We're still in the same city, which is interesting. I always tend to get lost out here in the free cities. It can be a bit daunting to kind of keep track of Danny's journey. So, reading it a little more analytically, I'm able to kind of say, "Oh, okay, so they literally just went right outside the walls." That happens for two reasons. One, because the Dothraki and their customs believe that all things of importance in a man's life should be done beneath the open sky, which kind of pertains to their their gods and their beliefs and right, their right. um and then it's also happening in the field because drogo called his entire kalasar yo to attend him. so many people there Forty thousand dothraki warriors and uncounted women children and slaves yo and you've got to imagine that there's probably two to three times as many women children and slaves than there are and dothraki then i would warriors. say you know for every 10 humans there's what four or five animals like yeah. it, this it, is it, it's a massive assembling of these dothraki and it, it gets touched upon that the, the folk of pentos are nervous this is well, a yeah. and 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 that's you know we don't really know too much about the dothrakis at this point in the book but this being a reread we do we know that the dothraki sack cities so when the pentashi you know, see this horde of Dothraki. They coming. have a right to be nervous. They have a right to be that's shitting themselves. All the different Kalazars. That, I mean, like, that's that what they're known his... for. They show up. They either exact their payment or they sack the city and take the city. And sometimes their payment, they, they'll take the payment and sack the city anyway. So Danny actually is thinking back on uh, the day previously where her Illyrio and Viserys were having dinner in Drogo's manse, um, which was given to them, and her and well, her and Viserys right, until the wedding. Yeah. Which uh, I thought was interesting, just that they've kind of got this palace to themselves, which once was Drogo. But it shows that Drogo would rather be out with his Kalasar roughing it than inside these walls. And this is when Illyrio kind of offhandedly mentions that the Magistars of the city have doubled the city guard just due to the Dothraki 
presence. Which really, like, the fuck are what the Pento city guard going to do to and stop Jorah, this? And Jorah even kind of, like, jests with him, because Jorah is there as well. And Jorah says back to him, well, you know, we better hurry up and get Princess Daenerys married, or before the, the Pentoshi waste all their money on sell swords and free companies and stuff like this. They're just basically saying... You know their city guard isn't going to be enough. So if they're trying to prepare to fight Dothraki, they're going to need cells. So they're going to go broke trying yeah. to defend themselves. So it said there when uh, that Jorah joined them, he he swore his sword the night Danny was sold to Cal Drogo. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting that it was dropped there that she was sold. Yeah. To Cal Drogo, she belongs to him. Oh yeah, she's property. And uh, I think that is going to come into play here at the end, where that's yeah. how she's feeling about herself at this point as that well. That tends to get, like, yeah, everyone focuses on the fact that she's young and she doesn't want to do it, but, you yeah, know, this was straight up a transaction. She was sold for basically the use of Drogo's army, which, I mean, well, that that gets touched on here uh, as well. But, yeah, it says he had been their constant companion since, so Jorah Mormont, just in pledging his sword gets a seat at their table, according to Viserys. So obviously he's going to want to be their constant companion. Well, from what we learn in Ned's chapter uh, later yeah. on, absolutely. But I just think that also shows how pathetic Viserys is. The first person to swore, yeah. swear him his he's sword. He's immediately his, immediately his hand of the yeah. fucking king. Um, and speaking of that little prick, Viserys is getting pissed. Um, he doesn't want to wait for the Dothraki. Yes. Uh, Illyrio is telling him, you know, they're probably going to want to present her to the Dosh Kaleen and vise Dothrak. Like... It, the Dothraki do shit in their own time, homie. Right, like, right. And, and so he says, "You'll you'll get your crown, just when the omens when, favor war, and or, when the cow chooses. Yeah. that it's time for you to get your crown." And uh, even Jorah counsels patience. Is when Jorah says, "Jorah says the Dothraki do thing in their own yeah. time." Um, Viserys threatens to have Mormont's tongue out because he's not saying anything he likes to hear. He doesn't want to, you don't want to, he makes the offhanded, you don't want to wake the dragon comment. Yeah, um, he also then says, and I like, this immediately intrigued me, Viserys says the dragon does not beg, and it then immediately goes to, uh, it says, Illyrio smiled enigmatically and tore a wing, gotta turn my page here, tore a wing from the duck, the grease and sauce running down into his beard as he chewed the soft meat. There are no more dragons, Danny thought, but did not say. So, to me, that's like that looked like a vision of Illyrio consuming a dragon. Like he tore the wing off of this dot, like oh, yeah. and smiled enigmatically. The dragon does not beg, but well, that's all Viserys that's, has he's been the doing. Like king. it's just this. I think we really get a glimpse at who Illyrio is here. Is he just kind of he enigmatically smiles and, and so yeah, it's it's it was just this kind of standout moment for me. But Danny thought there are no more dragons, but she did dream of one that night. Yes, this dream, I, it's it's super prophetic, right? Like to me, this is some pretty intense shit that we're getting here. I mean, it's definitely. You know, it's it's a dream, and we know that uh, Martin it's, likes to... It is to, a dream, yes. <laughs> very good. You've done Danny well. has a dream. Martin likes to... He likes to convince us that there's more to the dreams than there necessarily Yeah, but knowing is. what we... All right, so this dream. Viserys is hurting her in the dream, hitting her, um, and she's running away from him. She was naked and clumsy with fear, which I totally get in the dream setting. You know, that moment when you can't get your key into the lock or, or whatever. You just... Nothing. Your hands don't seem to work because you're so afraid. Um, she's running from him. He strikes her again, and she falls. And he's constantly repeating, you woke the dragon, you woke the dragon. 
He's screaming at her as he kicks her while she's on the ground. It says her thighs were slick with blood, which I have a lot to say on that. Then there came a hideous ripping sound and the crackling of some great fire. Viserys is gone in a gout of, huge, of a huge column of fire that rises all around her. And in the fire's mist was the dragon. And it turns its head slowly. And it says when its molten eyes met hers, she awoke, sweating and terrified. Yeah, so I mean, it's really, it's definitely, you know, I showing her overcoming. This is and the dragon waking in within her. Within her, exactly, yeah. absolutely. And so I think it's, you know, she absolutely <laughs> did wake the dragon. It's just Viserys. He woke the in, dragon. It, it, in, I, in I don't sense. think he has that much power. I think he he would like to think he controls her, but in the end, it's her own strength of fortitude. Strength no, of yeah, will. I guess that's giving him too much credit to, you know, while he tortured her and everything, it's more indirect. He, he fucked her up enough to need something to rise over and overcome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, it's that obstacle but, to overcome. But, but that's purely her, not yeah. nothing to do with it. Yeah, it shows her strength well, of exactly, overcoming that not obstacle. His... Um, and then just because I'm not sure if the fucked up audio caught it or not, the uh, her her thighs being slick with blood. Right. Um, yeah. That's a, a I think a callback to her last chapter in Dance, where I took it to mean as she's wandering in that field that the blood on her thighs meant her menstrual cycle was quickening again, and that Miri Ma's door was full of shit. So I just think that that's a comparison. Do you think of, that's the point in in Danny's storyline where she will? wake the dragon like truly like, i, I think she will i think yeah she's kind and... of been simmering in marine and not really knowing what to do where her place is and and all the decisions around here she's second guessing and i think out in that field she's kind of going to realize herself again and realize what the fuck it is she's overcome and it's going to be a direct comparison to this not necessarily this dream i think this dream is just kind of helping show some of the similar feelings but right, right so she wakes up into the day of her wedding ceremony which she says that she's she had never when she woke up woke up she said she had never been more afraid until her wedding day yeah and so yeah it begins at dawn and it continued till dusk all day event just endless day of drinking feasting and fighting yeah the dothraki know how to party man it sounds sick yeah um danny's seated up by drogo she's never seen this many people She's describing the different horse lords and their painted vests, their horsehair leggings, which I thought was interesting that they're cinched with bronze medallion belts, which I picture to be these big bronze medallions that, uh, in my head, it's the same thing that Drogo melts to later crown her brother. Oh, yeah. Um, and it says that Viserys was seated below Danny next to Illyrio and Jorah, but yes. he's so also just, on the same... He's just below the, the blood riders yeah. there. Yeah. That's a high fucking honor. For the Dothraki, yeah, like, definitely. That's a high honor to be seated there. But... You're seated next to the cow's blood of his blood. Like, that's that ain't no shit. He's and, basically but... putting you at the level of his family. But this entitled little shit just is getting more pissed as, you know, Danny and Drogo are getting their offerings of the food first. Danny's not taking anything because her stomach's so upset over the fear. But yeah. So he's getting, is getting pick, yeah, at second pickings because he's the king and but so he's getting pissy, um, and Danny just thinks that she had never felt so alone at this point. She's trying to hide and hold back her tears for uh, fear of her brother's reaction and of Drogo. She doesn't know what he would do. But at the moment, he's just ignoring her yeah, completely. Yeah, he's, he's paying her um, no mind. Which doesn't help that there's the, the language barrier, that she only speaks Valyrian in the common, and he only speaks Dothraki at the moment. Yeah, um, there's just no 
there's no way to break this communication barrier. So Danny's just sitting quietly through it all, reminding herself, I am Daenerys Stormborn, Blood of the Dragon, uh, all the Targaryen nonsense. So she needs just to give herself some inner strength. Um, And then it says, the sun was only a quarter of the way up the sky when she saw her first man die. And (laughs) that's when we get into the way the Dothraki like to feast. Yeah. Um, So there's some... I, I'm guessing some relatively decent-looking ladies dancing, uh, entertaining the Khal and the Khaleesi now with their gyrating movements, and it's very <laughs> sensual. And um, a warrior grabs one uh, one lady and just takes her there, and that's the way these Dothraki do it. Um, and it, it's it, Danny's a little embarrassed. She turns away from it. She's a little embarrassed. She was warned by Illyrio that this would probably occur, and that the Dothraki mate like animals in their herds. They do not understand sin or shame as we do. Right. They they don't care. They're, they're but gonna... after uh, after like three more dudes come for the same lady, she's like she couldn't not watch anymore. Yeah, like, yeah. She's just kind of um. Yeah. Two no two two warriors try to grab uh, the same dancer and. That doesn't go down well for either of them, so they begin fighting using the traditional Dothraki Araks, which are a sweet, sweet weapons. weapon. Yeah. They they fight for a minute, and then one gets opened from backbone to belly button, spilling his entrails. Um, and then it, just to show how you know callous they are to it, the winner actually turns and grabs a different dancer and takes Not her Not even the one then. they were fighting over. So, Somebody yeah, completely it, didn't, different. it didn't even matter. But she was then thinking how Illyrio told her that Dothraki's, this is pretty normal for the wedding, and he gives the... The old famous line. So she, she also mentions during right after that that she says the Dothraki are like animals. They're basically beasts in human skins and not true men at all. Yeah, the to her, their, their ways are alien and monstrous. It, it really is terrifying her. It's almost paralyzing her. You like, and, and the fear is mounting. She's afraid of her brother, but most of all, she's terrified of what's going to happen that night when right, her yeah. and so, Drogo. Which, like, fuck, she's thirteen. She's yo. thirteen. He's a mon. He's the fucking Hulk. Like the Hulk is about to grab this tiny little thirteen-year-old and just do unspeakable. I, things. Well, I mean, like, at just, least that's how she's. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It. Losing your virginity for the first time is kind of a daunting experience for anyone especially if it's not warranted like that just takes it up a whole nother level and then, and then throwing the that he's that a she, warlord she like... is way too young for this to be happening and he is this yeah this barbaric or uh, to her alien and veteran. monstrous veteran of savagery. war sex be- yeah, beast, yeah it's, it's just whatever terrifying. it is that they do yeah yeah she gives a description of him uh of as a hulking giant with a face as still and cruel as a bronze mask like I'm terrified for her, but uh, she continues suffering the feast, and then the yeah, sun. Before gets... that has to happen, she gets to at least get some presents. The sun goes low in the sky, <laughs> and Drogo ends the drumming and the feasting and pulls her to her feet. And yeah, it's time for her bride's gifts. And she's, she's afraid because she knows after the gifts, it would be the first ride in the consummation, but we'll deal with the nice gifts first. So uh, everyone kind of forms this procession and brings up what they got for her. So the beggar prince comes up first, and uh, the beggar king. Come on, whatever, <laughs> whatever. And he gave three handmaidens. 
specially Which chosen, Illyrio paid for. Which Illyrio paid, obviously. She knows. Like, And again, there's that, that 13-year-old yep. with the perception of a... Yeah, he's got nothing like, to give. She, she knows. But he, he, he doesn't act like he... Uh, like it's not from him directly. Yeah, no, he And so yeah. he gave the three the three handmaidens, which we'll come to know quite well. Uh and he's mentions that they were hand chosen for specific reasons. Yeah. One to teach her how to ride, one to teach her how to speak Dothraki, and one to teach her how to fuck I mean, like we a might have, like, so we get we got Eerie, who's gonna teach her riding. Right. We got Jiqui. Jiqui, 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 will teach uh, her the Dothraki tongue, and Doria will teach her the woman the arts of love. Eri and Iqui, or Jiqui, whichever the hell it is, I'm sorry for butchering it, Um, they are both Dothraki. Doria is a Lanisi woman. I just thought that was interesting that the woman that's teaching her the woman the arts of love isn't Dothraki, because they're barbaric and savage. It's also mentioned that both... Uh, Viserys and Illyrio can attribute to oh her God, yeah. womenly arts, which is just fucking foul to me. Because like, neither, like, a Illyrio's a fucking that's vile, it. and then you've got the beggar king himself, who just ugh. yeah. Like, so uh, she gets those, which I mean, obviously, there's the undercurrent of he's giving her three people as a gift, like, and that's here's just, some slaves. Yeah, that's terrible in itself, but they actually, you know, us knowing Danny, she's kind to them, and they actually do all teach her quite a bit so then jorah mormont comes up and he gives her a small stack of books this and he's, was interesting he apologizes it's he you know as a hedge knight as an exiled knight he really can't do much but there's songs and histories of the seven kingdoms all written in the common tongue and danny thanks him profusely with all her heart this is a thoughtful great gift i think um for someone who yearns for home and has never really seen it or doesn't uh, a really history know. of that songs yeah, and histories yeah i mean they're going to be embellished and some might not be true but it, just to learn a little bit of home i think it's a great gift this is when the next great gift comes up yeah illyrio illyrio comes, comes up well he has brought up right. a, a great cedar chest um that still weighs less than he does yeah no shit uh and it says in it were piles of the finest velvets so these great great clothing gowns i'm sure dresses all sorts of shit but resting on top were three huge eggs dragon um, eggs these things are beautiful pattern in rich colors so large she needs both hands to uh hold one at first she thinks they're jeweled because when the sun's catching them they glint and sparkle and but, they're heavy but she uh way she realized it's she just thought. it's just the scales on them and the way the light um, yeah, reflects, so one yeah. egg is a deep green, one is a pale cream streaked with gold, and the last was black as midnight sea with scarlet ripples. These are fucking cool. Like, awesome. Uh, it's a really cool gift. Uh, it's really cool having red fire and blood, because I now believe I know exactly where these eggs fucking came from as well, which is neato skeeto um the he way... would be allowed to mention it here but i haven't finished up true that fire he and blood yet even started and so fire he's and not blood. allowed to spoil it for me so we can't so go we that can't far spoil it for you yet but um Soon. if you've read fire and blood you might have an idea of who melissa farman is and all that fun stuff but uh Illyria tells her that these are dragon eggs khaleesi from the shadowlands beyond a shy uh, beyond a shy um, the eons have turned them to stone, but they are still beautiful. And Danny says, I shall treasure them forever. Uh, this again is actually another thoughtful gift. 
Depending on Illyria's motives, because if so, I think that he thought they were just I useless ornamental. And so it's dragons. a nice tie back to her Targaryen lineage of fire right. and blood and the dragon riders. So it actually is a really, really nice gift. So the calls blood riders step up next, and this is more ceremonial. Yeah, they give uh, her what's called the three traditional weapons, um, and they're beautiful weapons. She says there's a leather whip with a silver handle, an arak chased in gold, and a double curved dragon bone bow taller than she was. But this is kind of just a show because, as per tradition, Danny has been coached to deny these gifts and pass them on they're, to her they're, they're beautiful gifts but they're not worthy of me because i am but a woman which uh, with the cow the misogyny with, again yeah. comes up but yeah uh what what use would she have for weapons so she gifts them to her call um which is the intended everybody knows that's going to happen it's not some surprise thing there were other gifts given as well, slippers and jewels and silver rings for her hair and just so much stuff where even she's like, I will never be able to use even half of these things that are piling up. And it piles all around her. Then the the talk of the town, the real... The final gift. The real gift comes out. Uh, Drogo goes and gets her final gift and brings forth a horse, a young filly, uh, as gray as the winter sea with a mane like silver smoke. This, again, is actually another really, really nice gift. Now, it's bigger than any horse she's ever Yeah, th- this is, uh, and we even get, like, some, it's, like, one of the, the pride horses. It's a, it's, she has to have a decent horse because she is now Khaleesi to the call, and the Khaleesi has to have a horse that will match the call. It, it needs to be, sort of elevate her status. She can't be riding around on a fucking donkey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, Drogo tells her then, and it's translated for her, that, the horse is silver uh, for the silver of her hair, which is, again, just thoughtful. You know, he's he, he was taken with her beauty and the beauty of her hair, so he matched the horse to that. And he easily lifts her and sets her on the saddle. She doesn't really know what to do here, but Jorah just tells her, just ride, like, you won't go far. And so she she then thinks to herself that she's only... What a magical moment. This is great. There you go. Uh, <laughs> she, well, she thinks to herself that she's only a fair rider, which, harking back to... Uh, her first her chapter. first chapter when she was at the stables i i t- tend to think if she's not a fair rider that she it is that she associates freedom with it it's the freedom of riding that she really enjoys yeah. um even if she's not that good at it but praying she doesn't fall she goes and it says for the first time yes. in hours she forgot to be afraid which but like, then it finishes up or perhaps it was the first time ever like it's you can almost feel how freeing it is like as soon as that horse starts going she doesn't have to worry about anything because she's just running uh, as fast as she can she finds herself speeding up but it's more exciting than terrifying um even though she's not that good at riding the horse responds to her lightest touch danny uh, really is enjoying this this ride um so she's well, in the crowds too. Like, cause yeah, at first no, they're just like whatever and watching. But like, the more she's getting into it, they start to park. They're and really they're cheering like, at yeah, her, they're, and they're, they're, they're getting fired accepting up with that. her. Yeah. yeah. Um, she charges right toward a fire pit, and it's like her horse suddenly gains wings as she just soars right over it. Which, like, fuck, man, you're jumping on this big old war horse. You're 13. You're just decent at riding to like do this kind of stuff like it has to have an i mean that's that's like the most amount of control she's had in her life in a long time even though it is true. just a horse you know she she finally is able to take control so she stops and she tells Illyria to tell drogo he has given me the wind which 
it sums up her, yeah that's yeah, like, like that's such a good you know the wind f- that's you know gonna and like fly type it's thing. so dothraki like it's just such a good compliment yeah to be absolutely because like, as says, a horse lord he'll understand uh, like to that drogo smiles for the first time that the first time that danny's seen when right. she t- when she tells him that and so drogo begins preparing his own horse to ride off and who fucking comes up a dipshit oh. and he digs his fingers into her leg which i actually always always have thought that's fucking bold as shit right he, in front of the cow. right in front of the dog all the dothraki he is grabbing the khaleesi right like you know it hasn't been consummated but this is their fucking wedding ceremony if any one of these people i have to believe saw him hurting her he'd probably lose the fucking hand so i always just think that's bold i mean he's too stupid to know it's not bravery well, well, or anything right, right. but um, and then so at that point he goes up to warn her yeah don't fuck it up yeah please him you know give him what he wants be obedient and i don't and not for any concern out of you because i want my army uh and it says the fear came back to her then her brother helped bring yeah. all that fear right that she back. was just so freed from while she was riding around on her silver so uh her and drogo ride out together at dusk he says absolutely nothing and Dro- danny just keeps going through her I am Blood of the Dragon, I am Daenerys Stormborn, uh, you know, all this stuff to try to help keep herself brave. Uh, they stop beside a stream, and this is when Danny kind of begins crying. This, like, it's real now, they're stopped, this yep. is where it's gonna happen. Um, and then this this whole thing is all basically a lot of the same, I'm not... Yeah, Essentially, no, he just uh, shows a, a side that Danny nor we have seen or expected from yeah, he, such an imposing Yeah, he's very gentle, he, he doesn't immediately just ravage her clothes off. And he um, just keeps telling her no. And so you're like, oh, she's crying, no, and he's... You're, you're assuming But he's wiping he's her tears in. as he's right. doing it. You know, and so he is that's, gentle. And Danny even notices it. She can sense it. Yeah. In there. And in his tone, because he starts, so they do the little ceremony, he starts taking his braids out, yep. she helps him with his hair, and then he starts mumbling when he's undressing her, talking yep. to her. And she says that, like, she doesn't understand what he's saying, but it's calming it's a yeah soothing, there's, a, there's, a, it's a, warm- there's a warmth in his tone a tenderness she had never expected from right him. yeah he's not just savaging her he's being very i mean it's fucking disgusting she's she's under a like as far as our society she's underage you know it's awful but he's being kind he so, isn't raping her i he's, think it's to directly contrast that just before they left on their ride Viserys is sitting there talking about these savages, mm-hmm. but he's the only one that's caused her any physical harm so far. Yeah, yeah, no one's hurt her here. And then this savage is the one that's gently treating her well. It's, you know, it's his bride. Yeah. He respects her. So he, you know, he gets her clothes off, and he's just very delicately checking her out. And then as, you know, they're about to do the dirty, he asks her, and she says she, she took it as a question. He asks her no, and at this point... She's kind of gotten into she, it. She's and, definitely gotten into and it. And she says yes, and then she leans into him, and they, they do the dirty. So he kind of coerced her into it, and not in a, you know, do it or I'm going to hurt you way, but in a, you know, being gentle. This and is how of, I Yeah, and so yeah. it actually ends on a very tender note, which is shocking for a what, you're, what you expect of her wedding a barbarian type. So, going from the wedding to news of the wedding, um, yes. we get Ned's second chapter. Uh, Ned is awoken before dawn, it says. Uh, Alan had roughly shaken him awake. 
from sleep at the king's summon. So uh, Ned gets out of bed and he heads outside. He notices that Robert's already mounted on his horse and dressed in just heavy fur cloak and gloves and hood that covers his ears. He's ready for him. He looks like a fucking bear riding a horse is basically what Ned's getting at, which I thought was just a funny <laughs> line. Robert says that they have matters of state to discuss and that Ned needs to go. So Ned says, well, like, come on in. And Robert's like, here. nah, nope. Uh, he says, camp is full of ears and I want to ride out and taste this country of yours. Um, Robert's no fool, uh, which is interesting because he's painted as the fool, but... He, he understands that there's people Untrustworthy people, not, yeah, yeah, which is, it's interesting because of what's going on with his wife and his children. I mean, he's blind to certain things, but not to others. But Ned notices Sir Boros, Sir Mandan, and a bunch of guards with him. So at that point, he really has no choice. They're already mounted. Yeah, so they're ready to go. They go. Robert's riding hard Yo, as yeah. fuck. He just wants to be gone. Um, Ned manages to keep up behind him, but very soon after, they leave the King's guard, uh, the King's Road behind, and Robert's guard falls back a little right. bit. But Robert still doesn't slow. He keeps pushing, pushing, pushing. They're many miles south of the main party, and dawn is just starting to break when they actually stop for the first time. Right, right. And Robert's loving it. Yeah, and he even jokes that, like, we could... We could dip, yo. Yeah, no. We he, could get. We could just go forever. He's flush with excitement. He's panting. He he's he's and he says to Ned, he he wanted to ride like a man, not creep along in that goddamn wheelhouse that Cersei brought. And then he says, which was fucking hysterical, that if it breaks one more damn axle, he's just gonna burn the thing, and Cersei can walk. And Ned was like, and Ned's like, I'll happily light the torch for you, which I thought was interesting. Like, is that just to spite Cersei because he doesn't yeah, like Cersei? I think, so. I think so too. But this, it makes me think that this is what they were like. When the rebellion right, was at, you know, exactly. and before the, this is, and this is what Robert wanted, just. Well, and that's funny, because then Ned's like, you know, I, I would, like, I would love to, but we're, we got shit to do now, man. Yeah, we, we got responsibilities, and responsibilities, and we're not the boys that we once were, and then Robert was like, Ned. You were never the boy that you once were. Like you were never. I, I had to like reread and deconstruct that sentence. Yo, I love that line. Yeah, like, no, it's so it, good. I didn't like, get were, what it meant, and then I caught what yeah, it meant. Yeah, like, so basically, he's Ned has always been Ned. Ned has Ned always been this never, honorable as fuck. Right. Yeah, just it's Ned was the Ned regardless of how old he was or. So Robert begins listing off whores. <laughs> asking after Ned's bastard's mother's name. Ned finally gives him uh, an answer of Willa. Willa. Uh, but he doesn't want to speak of it. Just let it go. Like, that's all you'll get out of You'd me. You'd sooner not speak of her. We get the, the great line, She must have been a rare wench if she could make Lord Eddard Stark forget his honor, even for an hour. And Ned's mouth tightens in anger. Yeah about this shit and he refused it because robert's like so what you never did tell me what uh what old what will looks like. Look like and he's like nor will i the end you yeah, know fucking... he begs robert basically begs robert leave it leave it alone and robert's you know says and kind of being a bro you know you're too hard on yourself we were at war but you know if you don't want to push it i won't push it let's get to the point i didn't bring you out here to fucking harp on your bastard and you know so yeah, so Ned points out these long, low hummocks of grass on the, on now, the hills and plains before him. Yeah, these are uh, the barrows. 
is because he he mentions how the the north is old and i think that when he asks if they went into a graveyard like there's ned's also saying you know there are lots of people buried here it's well it was robert who asked if we stepped right well that's what and so ned is responding and like confirming oh yeah some of those probably have dead first yeah and like it's a big place and that just makes me wonder how much Fodder is already Fod- ammo is there south. for the Night King. Oh yeah, to just no, yeah, definitely have access. If there's to these sort of crypts of the first man, every barrows of the first, and, and like, yeah, and he says they're old. They're everywhere in the north. Yeah. So Robert, yeah, he wants to get down to the nitty gritty. He tells Ned that there was a rider in the night from Varys in King's Landing, and this is when we get our Varys. first little bit about Varys. Ned has a, a thought that says Varys the Eunuch was the king's master of whisperers, as he was Ares Targaryens before him. So we immediately get this. Ned's a little wary of him because he was willing to serve both the, previous, the, king. both right. the kings. Yeah, Ned immediately thinks it has something to do with Lysa's accusation, but luckily reading it. there's no yeah. yeah no mention of that. Um, and so his immediate response is, "Where's this info coming? Yeah, from? who'd you get this info from?" Uh, and which boom, bomb drop. Robert answers with Sir Jorah Mormont. You remember him, don't you? Uh, which of course Ned very yep. well so, so remembers. The, the thing that I gathered from this little part here that seemed the most significant to me was that. It was only five years ago that he was exiled. Yeah. I, for some reason, I've always, like, thought, I've always thought it was like too. fucking 20 Same. years or some shit. Like, well, five years ago, yeah. after the rebellion, the king is the king. Like, it's not that long. Yeah, so I mean, we, five we years get that, a bit, that but... history a bit where the uh, the Mormons of Bear Island are a, a pretty impoverished house. They're not the best off. Jorah tried to fill the coffers a bit by selling some poachers to a t- uh, Tyroshi slaver. Since the Mormons are the bannermen of the Starks, Jorah dishonored the North with that. They don't sell people into slavery. That's the free city shit, not in Westeros. So Ned went all the way up to Bear Island only to find Jorah had fled Dip. on ship. She's like, I'm and yeah, that done. was five years ago. So Jorah's been in the free cities for about five years. Um, and so, yeah, now he has turned spy. Yeah, Robert says, yeah, uh, he's in Pentos now trying to earn a pardon by, you know, feeding us information. And clearly we get it that it's on Daenerys. Dan- oh my God, Daenerys Targaryen. Jorah's being a spy for... Robert on the Targaryen children that he knows are now, left. Now, then comes a... At first, I took it as a rare moment of cruelty. Like, how Robert is... Oh, the Targaryens must die. He was like, I'd rather see a corpse. Yeah. He'd rather he be a corpse. But then I thought about it, and it's it's just Honorable Ned. Yeah. He, he broke the law. He should be beheaded. Yeah. That's why he'd rather see a corpse. Not because he thinks that anybody deserves a pardon. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Regardless it's... of what they're doing. No, he broke the law. He should be dead. But Robert is pissed that... Daenerys has wed Khal Drogo. Uh, he's concerned about this. And uh, Ned thinks that Robert's hatred of the Targaryens was a madness in him. And Ned kind of goes back in time to when Tywin presented Rhaegar's dead wife and children as a token of fealty. So I noticed throughout this chapter, and it's going to really come to a head here now that we're getting to this point, that Ned has been on edge of it, to me it almost seems like he wants to enlighten robert and fill him in and so there's just these little subtle well clues. i mean even later on with uh with jamie lannister he he says that, like the time has come to like fill him in on what i right. saw um but yeah no i i think he's definitely kind of toeing the line of like what he wants to say here so yeah uh ned thinks back to when tywin presented Rhaegar's dead wife and children as a token of fealty to robert Ned had named it murder. Robert had called it war. When Ned said that they were only babes, Robert replied, I see no babes, only dragon spawn. 
Robert is literally willing to kill children over this hatred he has of Targaryens. That's what we're meant to get here. There is nothing this man won't do if he believes someone has Targaryen blood, which... So this caused a, a big... Yeah, Ned, Ned left that day. He was I done. never really thought about that or remembered yeah. hearing about that. that they, he, he was done. He well, was like, he said even uh, John Aaron couldn't like really talk any sense into Robert. And yeah, Ned left the capital that day. He was done. And he went and continued fighting the other wars in the South. It had taken another death to reconcile them. And that was poor little Liana's. They said this time Ned meant to keep his temper when they were talking about this, though. So he mentions to Robert, you are no Tywin Lannister to slaughter innocents. You're not that kind of person, Robert. And just talks about the, uh, is that where he talks about the sack? About the, well, Ned first goes into the children. He thinks about how uh, Rhaegar's daughter had cried as she was dragged from under the bed to the swords. But the son was just no more than a babe and was ripped from his mother and his head was dashed dashed against the wall, which is such a savage fucking way of writing. Like, I can't ever imagine someone just grabbing a baby and just just fucking fucking do it. it. Just doing it. uh, So, yeah, Robert fears that Danny's going to start breeding, spread her legs and have children who are going to challenge him. And uh, Ned thinks that the murder of children is unspeakable. And this sends the king into a rage. Unspeakable, is it? Uh, you know, what what, <laughs> what the Mad King did to your brother and father, that was unspeakable. Right. And so this is where he mentions the Enlightenment part. Well, he it's... mentions Rhaegar. He goes, how many right. times do you think he raped your sister? How many hundreds of times? And that's when we get the line, I will kill every Targaryen I can get my hands on. And Ned says, well, you can't get your hands on this one. So is he talking about Danny? No, I think or is he talking absolutely. About John? He's thinking. I, I think he's talking about Danny. Thinking about John. Robert's. It's a madness. Ned says that it's a madness in him. If Robert ever right. found out that, and so I think that the, uh, which I'll I'll go into that when we finish up with this. Yeah, if, if Robert so. ever found out that Jon Snow might be, I mean, because he, and again, when you're reading this the first time, you're led to believe Rhaegar raped her a lot, a lot, a lot. But Ned doesn't react like that. Ned, you, it's his sister, and he's not. It's his sister that he who he loved more than anything. Anyone. Like, right. yeah. Robert thinks that he should have just killed Danny and right. Viserys right. years ago. But he listened to John Aaron, that poor, poor, damnable, honorable fool like Ned Stark. Uh, it would have been much easier back then. But Robert starts going through Drogo's numbers, the size of his Kalasar, right. and and Ned reminds him they have no ships, Robert. Um, <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines they have the show. no ships they Robert. have no ships Robert Ned's like kind of getting a little irritated like and even if they do we'll throw them back into the sea he says you know the Dothraki don't sail that's everybody knows that about them so Ned kind of subject shifts into naming a warden of the east yes and Robert gets pissed saying I'm not naming that sickly little kid I know you want him to be but and so then Ned mentions his brother again Stannis and we we quickly find out, technically, though, that Ned knows that he just well, feels bullshit. Well, like, that's where I have a question. Do you think that the king looks uncomfortable because he has someone he already chosen or because Ned brings up Stannis? I think it's a both, but... Because I, I really do think Robert gets that uncomfortable at the mention of his brother. Yeah. Like, I, I think him and Stannis are just so prickly towards... They're so contrasting. I, I think that, yeah, definitely because he mentioned that, uh, having Stannis be the warden, giving his brother power when I still think he gave him he fucking Dragonstone yeah. instead of giving him Storm's End like he should have. Uh, but yeah, Ned suspects that he's already named someone and Robert confirms it while riding off that, yeah, it's Jamie Lannister. 
Like, okay. Ned is not down with that. NBD, yo. It's just Jamie For Lannister. all the obvious reasons. Having the Lannisters the Lannister, control yeah. be the warden of the East and West. Yeah, they have control of half of the kingdom's the army, armies. Yeah. Um, um, Robert says, nah, I'll deal with that when it comes to the table. You know, it's already done, so don't vex me on this shit, Ned. Just, you know... Just fucking deal. And Ned just says, you know, can Jamie be trusted, yo? Like, are you are you 100% sure that you can trust Jamie? So now I think that this next story that he's going to tell is his bullshit way of, instead of saying, because he kept saying, should I tell him? Should mm-hmm. I tell? I Because Ned's reaction to this, you know, because it really, we'll go through it in more detail here, but it comes down to Ned finding him on the throne. Yeah. And he thinks that's the big deal. And Robert laughs that off. <laughs> yeah, he does. Because it's not a big deal. No. It's nothing. I don't think that's what Ned had actually intended to tell him that would have been, yeah, yeah. you don't know you weren't there. Because he wasn't there at the tower. He doesn't yeah, yeah. know the Targaryen. He doesn't... He has yeah, this he has, hatred. He doesn't know the whole he story He has the blind all. hatred towards Rhaegar. It's unnecessary. Yeah. It's not warranted, technically. But anyway, so back to the story. Yeah, Ned yeah. recounts the... Uh, well, the Robert... Second. Robert's... Uh, as Ned asks if Jamie can be trusted, Robert says that basically Jamie's success is tied to his own. It, like... You know, he's he's of the King's Guard. He needs a king to guard. Uh, he, he really will only have power if Robert is in power. And Ned thinks that's how it was with Ares, dude. Like, eh. And uh, Robert says, you know, his sword helped me to win this throne that I sit on. And Ned said, his sword helped to taint the throne you sit on. Yes. Um, which I think is a great quote. And then, yeah, Ned goes into the story of... Well, uh, so yeah, the rebe- during the rebellion, most every house had taken a side, either the re- the the rebellious side or the Targaryens. The Lannisters, however, did not. They remained aloof from the war, ignoring calls from aid for aid on both sides. So when uh, Tywin and all his forces showed up outside King's Landing, Ares must have been psyched to see him outside the gates, thinking his old friend in Hand of the King had right. returned to help them. So he opens the gates, and Tywin sacks the city immediately again robert's not too concerned that that happened uh he says that Ares kind of deserved treachery he dealt in treachery so he deserved to deal with a little of his own from tywin but that's when ned says the quote you weren't there so um, the ending do you have that whole quote there or just the you weren't about there. the troubled sleep yes yeah so why don't you read that yeah. for us uh, and... th- then uh goes yeah troubled sleep was no stranger to him speaking of ned he had lived his lies for 14 years, yet still they haunted him at night. I mean... He's he... not being haunted by Jamie Lannister sitting on that throne. Yeah, no. And he so... had lived his lies. There's nothing he lies about in this story. Yes, that, this that, is all 100% true. something completely unrelated. And so, that's, uh, since we're just about done anyway, I feel that the per- this chapter by Martin was written to show us... That there's something going on. There's a lot people don't know about the rebellion. a big story going on. Because there's... Once you've reread it, you know, because going through you, it's perfectly okay to take it at face value. Mm -hmm. What we're supposed to see. What George wanted us to initially see. And that's Robert's hatred towards Targaryens. He's going to kill, you know, all of them. They're bad people. They raped the sister. You almost overlook the fact that Lyanna is supposed to be Ned's favorite sibling, yeah, yeah. and that he would do anything for him. And but why Ned is had he getting her so no fired? Resentment. Yeah, Ned Ned's family was burned alive by these people. And so then this well. honorable Ned, he talks about the lies, but as you mentioned, there's not a lie about this story with yeah. the Lannisters. That's all correct. 
lies are going to come with Willa mm-hmm. and who the fuck she is yeah, yeah. and John and Liana and Rhaegar. And so it's the and way that ne- he's... And Ned besmirching his honor. Right. Like, Ned did not... By lying yeah, and keeping like, a Targaryen alive. It's, and... it's a fucking savage game Martin's playing here. And then I in the very next line, Robert, you know, gets pissed about Liana again. And Ned says... You avenge Leon at the Trident. And then the very next line in his head, it's italicized. It says, promise me, Ned. Like, right. It's And so that's actually, this... I was going to, I think that's where he was really thinking about saying, Rhaegar is innocent. Yeah, yeah. You don't, ha- you shouldn't have this grudge. But then he had to remind himself that he promised Liana and that. John wouldn't be safe mm-hmm. if he were. That's it. Anything. That's his. You know, you you need to toe this line. Promise me, Ned. You need to keep this a secret. Promise me, Ned. He is mad over killing Targaryens. Promise me, Ned. You won't fucking tell him right. that my son is a Targaryen and he can kill him. Robert laments a little bit about how the gods basically mocked him. He wanted the girl, but got a crown instead. I think that perfectly sums up Robert fucking Baratheon. Yeah, absolutely. And but right then down Ned jumps back into his story. He had entered the throne room, and Ares was dead in a pool of his own blood. Ned Stark is on his horse, and he sees Jaime Lannister seated on the Iron Throne, his sword across his legs, still bloody red with the king's blood. So Ned does not dismount. He slowly rides up with his men behind him, and the Lannister men kind of shrinking back as he advances. Ned rides up and just kind of stares at him for a minute. No words are exchanged, and then Jamie... did you mention that the Lannisters had raised their raised their banners? Oh yeah, no, no I Kingsley? didn't. Yeah, yeah, their their banners. Were... Not not the stag not that the they were stag, fighting yeah. for, or the or Tywin, the Targaryens. Tywin raised the lion. Tywin raised yeah. the lion yeah. after staying outside out of an aloof from the entire battle the whole time. They sacked King's Landing and put their banner. Yeah, they up. sacked the capital and put their banner up, and Jamie finally laughs and tells uh tells ned that he was no don't worry stark i was just keeping it warm for your friend our friend robert and the and then that kind of wraps up the story that amuses the hell out of robert laughs outroariously thinking you know jamie was young like you know that that doesn't he he, it's killing kings is tiring work you know like he wanted to sit down for a second so i think this is the most telling part that even Robert sees through the bullshit that that's not a reason to hate them mm-hmm. or to distrust them or to of all the reasons that. But Robert doesn't think of that. He just calls well, it. Well, Ned o- starts like grasping at straws, pulling up the point that like he was king. You know, he was sworn to defend his king, and right. Robert even says someone had to kill fucking Ares. Like someone was gonna do it. So does it really matter if it was one of his king's guard? Because like. Honestly, I could even see Sir Barristan doing it. If like you know, like with what Ares wanted, what we know of Ares as well, Robert isn't wrong here. Someone needed to fucking kill Absolutely. him. Absolutely. So Jamie is in and Ned is incorrect in this story. Uh, it's and I think that's a big part of a. And he, I, I think he's not... just bullshit. Ned is just trying to. Think well, of he's a... filling in gaps because he's he's trying to prevent any kind of truth or realization about what he was actually thinking about yeah discussing coming out poor ned but uh robert gets tired of this shit and just rides off he's done ned gets filled with a hopeless uh, helplessness he 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 know he thinks to himself he can't change the king the king's gonna do what he wants to do even john aaron couldn't change john the aaron king. couldn't do it like and that's it but he thinks to himself he belongs at winterfell with catelyn with bran and, and then they close the chapter out with this awesome quote which is so good a man could not always be where he belonged though yeah and I, I I feel like it's cool to how that uh, 
how John's John Snow his with the, the advice he gave can... different loads uh, roads often lead to the same castle, yep. and so it's again Ned and John having these very similar wisdom uh, based yeah, perceptions yeah. Uh, and, and just kind of resignation of their situations, like because uh, Ned rides off, he goes off after the king right, here, right. Uh, and the chapter ends. Ned's gonna stick by his bro to see this out. Like he can't abandon him, you know, regardless of all the shit. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a great tie back to Ned's nephew, as we think it is. So uh, time for inductees. Yeah. So you got for for Danny, um, I haven't thought about these. I never come. All right. So, uh, these, so for I'm Danny, thinking. mine is uh, going to Sir Jorah Mormont. I'm not a big fan of Book Jorah much, uh, just because of how creepy and rapey he is. But I thought the gift was insanely thoughtful. If, you know, for some reason I had no knowledge of where I came from or anything, stories and, and songs and histories I think would be, you know, very endearing. Like, I want to know about where I come from. I want to know their histories. I want to know the songs they sing. You know, what is the bear in the maiden fair? It sounds dope. Like, so he's just helping her, you know, kind of get in touch yeah. a little bit more with her Targaryen history, her Westerosi history. So I just thought that was a wicked, thoughtful gift. Wicked, thoughtful gift. Wicked, thoughtful gift, wicked, thoughtful gift Jorah. Thoughtful to the, to the, Jorah, you're, just, you're so good at gift-giving, Jorah. <laughs> so, uh, all right, I'm going to give it uh, my Daenerys inductee to the first guy who got the kill at the Dothraki wedding. Because somebody had to kick off somebody these festivities. Somebody had to start that shit off. You know, and he's the one that made sure, spearheaded the campaign to prevent a dull affair. See, and I'd just be the guy just sitting there with, like, a chicken wing. Like, I don't want to fight. I just want to eat. I just want this big old fucking turkey leg right here. Um, so what about Ned Odd? Ned Odd, give you Ned, give you an old, uh, uh, Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and give it to uh, Robert's horse. Robert's horse? Because that poor horse has a fucking <laughs> bear riding it, pushing it to its limits. That motherfucker could pull some wagons for us. He needs to be in the Brotherhood. Robert's horse gets it for this week for me. Damn. Um, mine is... Mine's going to Varys. Varys! The Master Whispers for absolutely accurately giving detailed information about something we literally learned last chapter. It, I think that intention Martin intentionally does that to show us how quick Varys can work. Like, yeah. we read this Janny chapter, she gets married. The very next chapter, the king is getting a letter saying, hey, Daenerys... Targaryen just got married. So like, and it's yeah, so, I'm sure there was a couple days. Obviously, obviously there was a couple days between you know these. Well, chapters, yeah, I mean it's not Mermaid Varys swimming back and Varys forth. Varys is get handling his across. shit and doing what exactly as he's titled. I also think whispers. it's good to show how quickly Jorah is writing Off up this to, information yeah, to that. provide it, and so. So yeah, uh, Varys, welcome to the Brotherhood for this week for me. Perfect. All right, so that's a uh, conglomerate going here. That's another couple episodes. So, as always, we appreciate you guys hanging out and listening. We uh, we really appreciate Game of Thrones Wines and Vintage Wine Estates for sponsoring the episode, hooking us up with some of these delicious beverages. Yeah, they're really good. Uh, so, make sure you guys are writing in to us, letting us know who you think should be inducted, if you have any theories, if you have any thoughts on the, the chapters, if you're reading along. Our next chapter, I believe, is what, Tyrion 2? That's what I'm attempting uh, to find out. Oh, so it's going to be at the bookmark. So Tyrion 2, two and, and then, then we, Cat if, 2. And Cat 
three. Cat three. Cat, cat three. three something so Tyrion like two, cat yeah. three. Um, so, you know, write us an email, send us an instant message of Raven or hit up the Werewood Network, like whatever. Get get a hold of us, however. Um, smoke signals. Smoke signals. Zach reads smoke signals. Our, we're, we're on Twitter. Twitter is at, at Manners Without. Our Instagram's at Brotherhood Without. We like to have a lot of things without. Yep. Uh, Facebook.com slash Brotherhood Podcast. Patreon.com slash without manners and then um iTunes reviews guys those are so great yeah to get. those will help us out a ton um, we're also on Spotify uh pretty much any platform a player you fm you know yeah you can find us pretty much anywhere stuff, now um so. our uh and then our email address you can always get a hold of us at without manners brotherhood at gmail.com Hey, look at that. He got it right. Oh, yeah, I have it written down there. Next Jack time I ass. should check in that. Um, well, guys, we, uh, again, we're just having such a blast with this podcast, so write us in so we can have more interactivity. Yeah, I'm so sick of this fucker. Um, All he does is talk. I know it's a podcast. With the trailer but... blowing up, it's just been so fun in the community lately anyway, yeah. so I would love to just have some people to write in. You know, other thoughts. Um, this book is so good, especially going into the mindset of, the last season of the show and you know just with winds of winter kind of and, sort of yeah, possibly on the horizon not to mention guys like it's a full spoiler reread so you don't have like if you have questions about further books and how they might correlate to this book or just random ideas on you know yeah you want to know if, you want to or... know if we like dorn or not you gotta wait to find out because that's a burn no write like, in and right, ask yeah, us if we like dorn like, i fucking love dorn dorn in the book is fantastic need. show was shitty for Dorn. Book, great for Dorn. I know you don't have to write in to ask that question now, but you could write in for other things, and you should. I'm done now. All right, good, because this is looking to be our longest episode yet, so. Alrighty, guys, we, we will catch you on the next one. Valor de Harris. Peace. Peace.